Welcome to Lesbian Moms, big adventures in queer parenting from two moms. I'm Lindsay. I'm Lana. And here we will share our highs and lows, laughs and cries, successes and mistakes, and everything in between on our journey as first-time parents. This week, we're going to talk about how to prepare for having a baby as a couple. And this isn't just a checklist of everything that you need to buy, but more about the nuts and bolts of the conversations that you really need to dive into to prepare as a couple. About your motivations for wanting to have a baby and about the strategies and goals of parenting. So much out there about having a baby is about the physical act of the labor or about pregnancy itself. But I think it's super important to take time to talk to your partner about what you envision your life to be as parents. We did some of these things before we had Francis. Some of these things we did later on once she was born. I think in retrospect, we maybe should have spent a little bit more time doing these things before so we were a little bit more prepared but of course you can't always be fully prepared we had lots of books and most of the books that we were really reading and that i thought was really consuming me was preparing for labor and for birth itself and that was like my focus but we did try to work on having these conversations and so we're gonna share our experience of what we learned and maybe like questions that we didn't cover. And perhaps you all can chime in after you listen to fill us in on topics that you had that we maybe didn't cover today when you were preparing for a baby. Yeah, it's super fun when you first get pregnant to plan out names or think about how you're going to set up the nursery, but it's really, really important to get in alignment with your partner. Yeah, so you need to have like your own personal reason why you want to have a baby, and that is something to kind of cling on to when moments get really tough once the baby's here. Sometimes you might be like, why the heck did I decide to do this? <laughs> um, but if you have that kind of clarity of your real like reason that is not just tied to whatever your partner's reason is, but your own like personal motivation, that's important, I feel like. Yeah, there's like an old saying that like a baby doesn't fix a relationship. Oftentimes, there is a person in the relationship who really wants to have a child and there's another one that feels a little indifferent to it. And that's totally fine. But I think that that other person has to figure out a personal reason why they want to be a parent. Because as Lana said, it's really hard. And in those moments of hardship, I think it's important to remember that reasoning. It helps you get through it. That was just for us, though. I mean, I'm sure people find their own strength once the baby's born or their own reason and true that can come later but this was something that we thought about and another thing that we did was imagining what our life would look like and I think that mm. is an important meditation to spend time on really like not only picturing your life like in 10 months from once you're pregnant or in a year but five years, 10 years. And I feel like one thing when I was pregnant or when we were really thinking about having a baby is I always just, it's like having a baby. 
It's not having a child. It's not having a middle schooler. It's not having a teenager. Mm-hmm. But like, and that was kind of a moment that was almost like mind blowing to me because I felt so excited about the idea of having the baby and also a little kid. But it's definitely different to imagine yeah, how you'll be with a middle school or, or a little kid. And they're so different than a baby. And something that my therapist said to me when we first had Francis and I was kind of struggling with it a bit, she was like, this might not be the age or the phase that you really connect to. And I think personally, that was really true for me. Now that Francis is more talkative, more receptive, smiley, more active, I am definitely connecting with her in a way that I didn't connect as much when she was just a little newborn. So it's so true that like you got to really realize that you're signing up for something that's lifelong. I mean, even I don't even think it's 18 years because it's really just like this responsibility that you're always going to have. It's such a major major transformation and shift from what your life was like before you had a baby. Yeah. And when I was pregnant, I really like had this grief and loss when I would imagine my life in the future and around giving up this autonomy that I have, this like who I am. I was so worried I would lose that. I was, my main concerns were, how am I going to garden (laughs) (laughs) how am I gonna run my business how will I do all these things I'm a person I really don't like to sit down much I'm always moving around and on the go and I was grieving this possible loss of not being able to do the things that make me feel like me And I think that's natural. And I would say I haven't completely lost all these things, but there's definitely a shift. Now I feel like being on the other side, it's almost like I'm having, and this might be a whole nother episode, of like trying to figure out the balance between being my, like the myself and the things I love and also this want to be a mother and like spend all my time with Francis and how to kind of marry these multiple interests and loves and complexities of who I am. (laughs) Yeah, I there's definitely a lot of grief when you become a parent. And I think that that's something that people should talk about more. You know, you are grieving this former self. You're grieving maybe a freer self in a sense that you were more autonomous. You didn't, you weren't as responsible. But in other ways, I do feel like becoming a parent is freeing in and of itself of like just how much love and joy and kind of like evolution that you experience. Yeah. It's enlarging. I would say it's the most enlarging experience becoming a parent. Yes. And so much growth and empowerment. In some ways, I feel so much stronger and so much more confident in myself in a way than I did before. But let's circle back to the couple because that's what this is about. (laughs) But I do think having your own personal strength is important in your relationship. Yeah. And I think Lana felt that grief 
of the loss of autonomy while she was pregnant. I don't, I didn't really feel it then. I felt it somewhat. I think people also say often that the person who carries the child tends to feel that while they are pregnant and the partner who experience, who doesn't experience pregnancy as a physical sensation tends to realize that later once the baby is born because they're not having that physical transformation of the baby growing inside them. So for me, I feel like I maybe struggled a little bit more with the transitioning of parenting once Francis was here. Some of that we've discussed. I'm still struggling with that. I think that that's just like an ever-evolving change. Yeah. So we really connected early on about parenting styles. Parenting styles, it's like, what is that? Before you're a parent, you're like, how do I know what a parenting style I have? And really, when you start looking out there, there's a million different ways people raise Yeah, I even remember, (laughs) I feel like, Lana, you probably remember this. I remember like once you were saying babies usually go to sleep at like eight o'clock. And I was like, what? No. I was like, a baby just goes to sleep when it's tired. Because I just like hadn't ever really conceptually thought about sleep schedules or anything like that. And so, you know, it was really foreign to me. And I think it was foreign to you too. But Once we were pregnant, you know, a lot of the literature out there about parenting styles is very much like divided into different camps. There are people that are like, I would call them more like baby trainers who are all about putting your baby on a schedule. And then there are other people that are more free spirited and more natural parenting styles. I would say that we are definitely some mix of the two um, and probably even more different ones too. But I think us initially starting to talk about things like feeding. Well, I would say lots of conflicts sort of came up. That's true. A lot of conflicts did come up. We were trying to suss out what our parenting style was going to be. And there were definitely like, we had no grasp on reality of what actually parenting would be like for us. So yes, you were like, no, babies can go to bed whenever. And she will bend to our schedule. (laughs) And I was kind of like, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure that's not how it is, but... Um, Well, I do feel like in some... I I kind of agree and disagree with that. I do feel like babies are actually extremely adaptable. But I think that the adaptability of babies, really what you need to be looking at is your personal, as, as an adult, your adaptability. Because I think we were on the same page about sleep training. We kind of got on the same page about feeding, about bottle feeding and breastfeeding. But like, I feel like a lot of that is like just dealing with the unpredictability of the baby and being able to kind of like shift like you have a strategy like we are gonna try to you know sit back with her and not like pick her up immediately when she cries in the middle of the night but then it happens and you just become so deregulated emotionally so it's like how do you deal with that and how do you like stay on strategy or when do you bend when when are you more flexible when you know it's very much like trying to figure out and this is a constant daily struggle still every day i would say there's ways where you have to be bending like she's not going down for the or, nap as easy as she should she's kind of crying do we give her another five minutes or do we go get her yeah and every day that answer might be different or even just like scheduling our days around her naps like how rigid do we want to be i remember before the baby arrived our i think approach was like we're not gonna do that 
And now I feel like, oh, well, we see we benefits. Totally, yeah. <laughs> we do organize our life around naps. But we still need to be flexible when, for example, like we were coming back from a trip today and we were like wanting to go for a hike or something. And she might not be back just in time to take her nap. She might have to nap on the go. Right. Her nap might be shorter. I mean, so it is. I remember feeling so foreign when I before we had Francis and I was with other friends who were parents and they would be like, oh, you know, the baby she has to be home by 2 p.m. to take her nap. And I remember being like, they're being ridiculous. Like, they're, you know, just uptight. But now as a parent, I totally understand how you are trying so hard to get on a schedule. And it ebbs and flows just as life does. But when you can control it to make it flow the way you want to, you do. So, you know, these are things to definitely talk about. And I think the thing that really resonated with me and Lana was an exercise where we that we did where we were talking about our parents' parenting styles. Yeah. Because in a lot of ways, I think that that really informs your parenting style, whether you are conscious of it or not. And I think that there, (laughs) I think there are probably in most parenting styles are things to take and things to leave. And one thing that I think you were concerned about with me was over coddling the baby, which I continue to say you can't coddle the baby, but explain your, your, explain your parents' parenting (laughs) style, Lana. Well, I would say lots of control, especially later years, but also just like tons of love and maybe not, it was strict, but also very protected. Yes. Nurtured, bubble, protected. You went to church three times a week. Went to church three times a week. Yeah, that wasn't my choice, but I would say you outside feared of that. your mom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feared my parents too in in a different way. But I'm just let's just paint a picture for the for the audience. <laughs> Church three times a week, very protective, very loving, but almost a, like a lot of control, probably to a degree. It was, yeah, I would say exact opposite of yours. Let's flip this here. You were raised <laughs> by wolves. Now I'm on the hot seat. My parents. It was like free range. I I was like a free range animal, basically. I had very little rules. You probably never had a bedtime. Never, never had, had a, a bedtime. Time. You like were questioning if you even had a high chair or even had a crib. You thought you slept <laughs> on a couch, which we still don't have the answer to that. My parents really celebrate individualism and, like, my own... Independence. Yeah, autonomy, like, independence. Like, I was playing with myself probably early, early on. I was on the subway at 7 by myself. I was walking home from school by myself. Like, there's... Yeah, my mom would never, ever, ever have let me do that. Yeah, I had a lot of independence, a lot of freedom. But I did fear my father. He was not really strict, but... It was like if I was to get out of line, it would be terrible. Oh, yeah. So that's something we kind of had in common. But yeah, so our parenting styles, our parents' parenting styles couldn't be more different. But we talked about that and we kind of thought, okay, well, hopefully, like, these are very different. We want to take what is best from both and, like, 
Hopefully we will find a nice medium together and balance each other. So I won't be as controlling and overprotected, but also protected enough and <laughs> coddled enough. And, yeah, and she I... would also learn to be confident and independent and free spirited. But not overly. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you... In some ways, you end up judging your parents for how they raised you. And, you know, I think my parents, I was at every a restaurant every night with them, probably till 10 or 11 p.m. at night while they were drinking and eating as a baby. Like, my mom says I spent the first New Year's Eve of my life on a lazy Susan at a restaurant being basically turned around the table of their friends. So I think that you could really critique that. Yeah. But then, also, I had a beautiful childhood. I think you yeah. also had a beautiful childhood, even though you were childhood. in church three times a week. Well, that's what I knew, and it wasn't <laughs> weird to me. You are no angel. <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that it is super, it was so helpful and beneficial to us to really actually go through and, like, really think think about how we were raised. Yeah. And what worked, what didn't work, or what you want to take and what you want to leave. And I think, especially from our point of view, because we, in some ways, are so different, me and Lana, opposites attract. In a lot of ways, like us having this conversation was super helpful, or multiple conversations about this, because there is stuff with Frances where I really want her to be independent. Like, I wanted her to take a bottle. I wanted her to be cared for by someone else yeah. other than Lana. Child care is another parental alignment you need to talk about before having a baby. And that's something we are still trying to align ourselves on. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think I must, I am very much pro more child care where Lana is a little bit hesitant about spending less time with Francis. Yeah, I want to spend all the time with Francis. And, the, and some of the stuff I knew or we knew about each other before we had Francis, but some of the stuff we found out later, we found out now. Like, I think I had envisioned Francis maybe having more childcare now that she's 10 months than Lana had envisioned, but we never really talked about that. But it's just something to really think about because, yeah. you know, your child is going to need childcare for a long, long time. And it's a long time till four or four or five when they go to school. So how do you want their experience to be? And how do you want your experience with them to be? And this, I think, also is connected back to our parents' parenting styles because your mom ran and wrote curriculum for early childhood development. Yes. And so that was your benchmark. Yeah. And My mom was a director of a child development center. And so I just went to work with her from, I think, very early on. So in a lot of ways, I was with her all day, but I actually was also being cared for by all these people that worked for her. And I was always constantly around other babies. That's another thing that like I feel like is something I care a lot about socialization and that's something that you also need to think about when you're talking about childcare. do you want your baby to be with other babies early on would you rather that wait that's definitely like things to discuss yeah i had my sister but my, i think my mom was just with us most of the time until preschool but we had friends <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i i think the thing to remember and really be gracious with your partner is that there's really no right way of parenting. 
And once the baby arrives, what you thought you might want can change. Totally can shift. And it could shift even as the baby grows older. So many people I know that have two and three year olds were like, I never wanted to be apart from her or him before one. But now that they're two, I can't wait to give them away every morning to the nanny. Just because but, they need more, yeah. they need more stimulus. They need more than like, you know, they could give alone. Yeah. So it can change. It can flex. I think you really just have to be gracious. Yeah. So that's important to talk about. Other important topics to prepare and know your partner on are the divisions of labor or let's say the division of responsibilities, particularly, I guess, around the house. We talked about this a bit in our last episode with Christina. Things multiply. (laughs) And that's, yeah, she has two under two. That's a great episode to check out. But there's so much domestic chores that just pop up. Lots of laundry, lots of dishes, diapers, acquiring all this stuff, playing, watching, being observant. Feeding, which then actually now that we've started food, it's just like mess chaos three times a day and now we're supposed to be doing snacks too at least two snacks five times a day it's important to think about where you will succeed and where you will not and what you will not enjoy because it's interesting the food i enjoy a lot it doesn't bother me but i know other parents who get really annoyed by it they're just like it's a mess i hate it you know food's everywhere and i'm kind of like this is fun let's throw more food yeah but then who's even like cooking the food right and who does the dishes i mean i feel like we have kind of worked out a really kind of we have a good rhythm yeah Yeah, a rhythm that it feels balanced and it feels good. But I do think that both of us are like a lot of our relationship has evolved, uh, revolved around cooking and food. So sure. we are both really into cooking. We already, that was already something we did a lot together. I think for couples that don't do that as much and then suddenly you have to feed your baby three times a day and you can't maybe go out for all those meals, it can be a little stressful. But also getting on the same page about what you're going to feed your baby. That's also another topic. Because we are definitely on the same page about that, but we meet a lot of other parents who do things very do things very different than us and not like we don't, we've never really bought baby food we just make everything ourselves and so you might be with someone who's like i don't want to do that i want to just buy these things and then maybe you personally are like well i don't want to feed my child that so you should try to get on the same page yeah um also stuff like going out how you will continue self-care for yourself what is important to you for me, it's like running and going out. I think I pretty much have gone out at least once a week since Francis was born. For Lana, it is different. Exercising and gardening. And I think it's important to think about what those things are for you and figure out how your partner can help out. Especially in the very beginning, I remembered it was so helpful for Lana to be able to do like a 15-minute yoga. Yeah, or what I really Pilates. remember my sister coming over and babysitting for the first time and we got out of the house together and went and got Manny Petties and I felt like a person again like or myself it was such a bizarre feeling after nesting for so long to then like 
get out of the house without the baby for the first time? Yeah, we have been really into having a date night once a week. And I would say we have successfully done a date night once every two weeks. But having the goal of once a week has made us (laughs) able to do it once every two weeks. And this was something that I feel like we had so many conversations about kind of making sure that our relationship is like the foundation and that we've kept prioritizing our relationship once the baby arrives. And of course, like, yes, the baby is a lot of the priority because it is completely dependent on us. But to remember to also prioritize our relationship because we are foundation. And if we are connected and stronger together, we will not only like be happier as a family unit, but also will be a relationship that we want to we will demonstrate be an, to her. Yeah, we'll be an example for her. And this is maybe and, this is getting a little personal, but this was something when I thought about my parents that I wanted to do differently. My parents did not have a very visible romantic relationship when I was growing up. And in a lot of ways, I was the number one priority and everything revolved around me. Well, that was kind of weird. And I think that I, when I thought about that parenting style and what I wanted for us, I was like, I want it to be different. I want us to be the foundation, the example. I want us to have this loving relationship. I want to be affectionate. I want to show Francis, like, this is what you could have, or this is what, you know, you can strive for if you wish. Yeah. I think you were really worried about this, though. And... Because of my parents, I think. Because I think I was worried, like, oh, you you know, at some point you're always like, oh, no, I'm going to end up like my parents. And I think in some ways we do end up like our parents in some ways. But this was not a way that I wanted to end up like my parents. My parents, they still sleep in different rooms. I mean, my parents are good friends. They have definitely a relationship that is strong. But it is not, I would say, an overtly romantic one. Steph Curry and Aisha are definitely like one place where you have gotten this because they talk a lot about this is prioritizing their relationship. But you kept bringing this up so many times. So as preparing and like wanting to really show you, okay, I am on the same page as you. Like I am going to be there and we are going to prioritize this. I was like thinking, what can I give Lindsay? I think it was around like Christmas or Valentine's or something. It was before the baby arrived and I wanted to make some sort of big gesture. And so I... She got me a rock. I got her a giant crystal. (laughs) I was like, what is this? (laughs) I was thinking foundation, rock. It's a humongous, like, smoky quartz crystal. And (laughs) it's, like, on our mantle in the center of our house. Making it sound sexier than it is. (laughs) She, I was, like, so nervous about it. Because I was like, I don't know if she's going to like this. Um, It was very heartfelt, and that was before the baby arrived. I tried to make it heartfelt. And I tried to make it something where, like, we can look at it and, like, see, oh, when something's, like, off, we can look at it and be like, like oh no okay like let's recenter and realign and it was kind of a swing kind of a mess kind of a hit (laughs) (laughs) 
I think it was a hit. It maybe was a, a slow burn at first. It, it took a while. <laughs> she was like, oh, a rock. <laughs> took a while cool. to get going. But maybe that's more my fault. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of aligning ourselves about parenting styles did come down for me to this idea of wanting to have this strong romantic focus or just strong partnership because I think of my experience with my parents but also many people who were raised and I think some of your experience Lana with your parents you know divorced they got a divorce and you know nothing wrong with that in a lot of ways that's the best case for those families obviously it's the right one but like you know I think that I wanted this strong foundation this rock so one thing that we do probably every day, is we will smooch, give a little kiss in front of Frances. And <laughs> Frances loves and so, it. And she loves it, yeah. She just cracks up and squeals. And then, like, sometimes we'll all three be hugging and we'll kiss her on the cheek and then we'll kiss. That's really cute. Anyways. <laughs> so going back to talking about child care, another thing that's really important to align yourselves with is finances. Yeah. I think that can be a big conversation to have with your partner when you're preparing for a baby. And it's not like you need to have X amount of dollars in the bank before you have a baby, but babies are expensive. So kind of knowing, do you have paternity leave or family leave or maternity leave? And how much time can you take off if you do want childcare? Like that is so expensive, especially here in the Bay Area. You kind of need to be in conversation about this. So you're not just blindsided. Finances are always a big conversation for couples in general, like whether you have a baby or not. But I think that once you have a child, it almost multiplies like the sort of the conversations you need to have about finances and any kind of like personal Feelings you have about money, I think, become personified. So if you have guilt about money or if you have an insecurity about money, I think it can increase once you have a baby because it's just like a big, you know, a big demand that takes money. So I think it's important. I'm not suggesting that you need to go out and make a ton of money, but I think it's important to maybe get a more a handle on like how you feel about finances, your own personal finances, your finances as a couple. And this also reminds me of these things kind of bubble up as also, yeah, things in your childhood, things deep down just will bubble up to the surface when you have a baby. So getting in touch with kind of like your shadow side is important (laughs) yeah i strongly recommend therapy personal therapy to anyone who's deciding to become a parent because really all of the trauma or drama if you don't want to call it trauma but drama that you have from your own childhood really comes out when you have a baby you don't always completely consciously realize it but it comes out and therapists cost money so once again those finances (laughs) Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't want to say you definitely have therapy, but I think you really need to 
be in touch with yourself. Yeah. And do what you can do. And if you can't, there's other things out there. And we did this thing that are, there's exercises you can do. Um, And we did one, actually, as a couple. I'm not exactly sure if I would fully recommend this, but this book. It was called Transformed by Birth by Britta Bushnell. Uh, We actually listened to it on tape. We did an audiobook of it when we were going for a trip. And there was definitely some of it I thought was kind of cheesy redundant but there were some things we got out of it the things that we got out of it were in exercise form was the couple bubble one she recommended i guess it was no was this different i can't remember but anyway i think what we got out from her were more of these couple coming together and uniting as a couple so anyway the couple bubble did have some exercises and questions so we just sat down wrote about these questions and then shared our answers with each other what were some of the questions lana the questions were what do you bring to the relationship and then what do we as a couple bring to the world what am i committed to for myself what am i committed to for you what are my wounds what are your wounds and what are our dreams What was interesting about this is a lot of these, our answers did line up. Mm -hmm. It's good to do things like that as well. So you can find a lot of those out there on the interweb. It's important to think about what you want to pass on to your child in terms of beliefs and traditions. So that could be as basic as religion, but it could also be more conceptual as joy, And that is something that I feel like we're still kind of like, or I am still working on. And because of my family is super religious and Christian, I know at some point we'll probably have to set a boundary about, no, we don't want you to take her to church. Like we want to be the ones to introduce religion to her. And so, but how I'm going to go about doing that seems pretty daunting, but luckily I don't think I need to do that anytime soon. I got a couple of years I can figure that out or we can together. But yeah, but also I think going back to joy, like it could be like an appreciation for the outdoors. So maybe you want to. Well, I for sure want to. Right. But so maybe then, you know, a goal for you as parents would be going on hikes or going camping early on. Our new tradition is the turkey trot. Right. Um, But I think that that can actually get you really excited with your partner, thinking about things that you all like to do that you want to pass on to your child. Yeah. But going back to the religion thing, I think also that does bring up this question of boundaries that you want to set with your family and and or close friend network. I talk about more in terms of family because that's what makes sense for me and Lana, but... When you have a child, sometimes they can get real, there can be a real frenzy with the grandparents or with some of the extended family. And that can be hard if you don't get along with your in-laws or maybe you just don't even enjoy being with them or maybe you don't enjoy being with your own parents or I don't know. So you, I think it's really important to talk about that with your partner. um, And get all the way down to nitty gritty specifics. Like how many times a year you want to see them. Or or making people wash their hands 
hands when mm. you have a newborn or wear a mask or make sure they've taken a COVID test or whatever your personal comfort is and your partners like talk about it, get comfortable setting those kind of boundaries. Those are kind of like some of the first ones we set, but I think it will be a continual thing as a child grows where, yes, we have to continue to set boundaries and do what feels best for us. Yeah, and I think in some ways that starts getting into like what you feel comfortable with as a parent because, you know, your partner might be like, I feel comfortable taking my our four-month-old to a rock concert or, you know, a big basketball game, but maybe you don't personally feel comfortable. So some of that stuff I think does, um, it's important to kind of get on the same page. And holidays are always a big... How do you want to spend the holidays? That was something that for us was challenging because we both like to be with our families and for many years even while we were together we would like do Christmas separate we'd split up (laughs) so yeah we just have decided nope now they come to us we have a baby they can come see us yeah I mean that's a working solution I don't want to say that we'll always do that but that is really what's working for us is like you know this past Christmas both uh, sets of grandparents came to us, which was actually really great. And then in some ways, I like that because we're doing the holidays at our house. So we're setting our own family traditions and yeah. we're in more control of how that goes. Oh, we do a pizza party on Christmas Day. Oh, we, you know, have this kind of wine. We have this sort of celebration. But, you know, whatever work your family, I feel like a lot of families do something along the lines of switching off every year. Like, oh, yeah. this holiday we go visit his family or this holiday we go visit my family next year vice versa yeah so final thoughts last word if you will i would really say to anyone who is thinking about having a baby it is so important to realize that you are going to spend a lot of the first year really deregulated and that can be a really hard thing to imagine but that is how it is you emotionally will be deregulated there's so much uncertainty when you have a baby oh the baby's asleep is she just woke up oh no like you know oh my god she's not taking the bottle all of a sudden oh god she like has a cold it's just so much unknown and so much like of your emotions fluctuating so i think anything you can do for self-care is super important but also really important to align yourself with your partner about how you are going to handle stress and conflict because how you handle conflict is how you will handle it times a thousand when the baby comes along yeah so obviously i think you can work on things as a couple really talking about how you can handle things or how you might be able to handle things slightly different to appease your partner in a certain situation or if one of you needs some care in a certain way it's really important to get on the same page yeah and knowing how you react to stress and conflict and what you need to do in those moments to kind of help yourself come back so for me learning how to communicate better one thing that I think was important in communicating is when you are feeling stressed out or something that you let the other person know so you don't build resentment. Mm -hmm. And I think resentment is no good. And Mm -hmm. being confident enough to be able to share when something is upsetting you or you feel an imbalance is something that I 
feel like I had to work on, but is also important. And another thing that I really had to work on in communicating was not just talking and communicating my grievances, (laughs) but also being really way more communicative of the positive things and sharing the good things. And yeah, I think that was one of the biggest Mm -hmm. things that made a difference. Yeah, affirmation that I was doing a good job. Uh Uh-huh. Yes, you love affirmations. Um, (laughs) And But I think a lot of times I do appreciate things and will be thinking positive things, but can just be sitting on them, keeping them to myself. So it's helpful when I can, like, use my voice more. Yeah, I think that that's a great point because there's not really, like, a perfect balance in terms of parenting. It's not like one person does, you know, five things and the other person does these five things. I mean, very rarely is that the case. I think a lot of times that balance shifts. You know, you might have someone who is home more often, is maybe more of a primary caregiver, and you have the other person who's maybe working more, more of a provider. And that can also shift. Maybe it shifts on a weekly basis, maybe it shifts yearly. So I do think it's so important. Resentment can become a trap, I think, for relationships when you have a baby. So I think it's really important to be as communicative as possible. Yeah, learning your communication styles, like maybe if it's getting too hot, you know, you have to take time away, reapproach the conversation later. But being open to having these conversations and getting in alignment as a couple is so important. And I think knowing your partner's strengths and weaknesses is so important. Yeah. You will know times where you feel like you need to step up more, and then there will be times where you maybe can do less. And that can also allow you to have a little bit more grace for that person when these moments arise that are deregulating, knowing like, okay, this isn't personal against me. This is just my partner's like way of handling this intensity. And that can kind of like give a little bit of separation. Yeah, I mean, I I brought up the the deregulation because for me, I did not foresee that. But like, there have been times where I have been extremely upset because Frances wouldn't take a bottle or she was just crying. It was in the witching hour. And I feel like understanding sometimes that I need to just pass her off. is actually the most important thing because when you are so, so upset, there's not really a great way to respond other than just kind of tapping out if you can. So I think that does it for this week's podcast. Yeah. So yeah, if we have left anything out that you had a conversation with your partner about or yourself, if you're doing it alone, you know, send them our way. It's always good to have more thoughts, more conversations around this topic. So we love hearing from fellow parents and listeners. Please feel free to email us at lesbmomspodcast at gmail.com. That's L-E-Z-B-MomsPodcast at gmail.com. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Recorded in Oakland, California, and produced by the amazing Candace Magania. Live, laugh, lesbians.